ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله ارسله الله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله ولو كره الكافرون ولو كره المشركون ولو كره المنافقون اما بعد فقد قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال عز وجل لقد جاءكم رسول من انفسكم عزيز عليه ما عنتم حريص حريص عليكم بالمؤمنين رؤوف رحيم فان تولوا فقل حسبي الله لا اله الا هو عليه توكلت وهو رب العرش العظيم وقال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم انما الصدقات للفقراء والمساكين والعاملين عليها والمولفه قلوبهم وفي الرقاب والغارمين وفي سبيل الله ابن السبيل فريضه من الله والله عليم حكيم وصدق الله العظيم all praises to Allah and may his peace and blessings be upon his servant and messenger our master sayyidina muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam may the peace and blessings of allah ta'ala be upon him and upon his noble companions and upon his pure wives and upon his mubarak and blessed family and progeny and upon all of those who follow all of their way until the day of judgment brothers and sisters last week we spoke about the financial turmoil in this country with regards to the stock market with regards to short sales and trading stock options and making money out of nothing and how this nothing is known in our sacred sharia as riba and how transaction in riba is prohibited for good reason for those people who follow guidance and we mentioned also the saying of wisdom of the arabs don't look at the destroyed one and analyze how destroyed they are rather look at the one who achieves success and analyze how they achieved success there's benefit in the latter there's no benefit in the former allah ta'ala said in his book qad aflaha man tazakka wa dhakara asma rabbihi fasalla indeed verily the person who purifies tazakka the person who purifies meaning the person who performs zakat literally and remembers his lord and prays 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in his book that riba, these dummy transactions of buying money for money at disparate amounts, that I'll give you $100 for $150. It's a dummy transaction. No value is provided neither to the person nor to the economy in such transactions. They are nothing except for a mode of people cheating one another. To wrongfully and through falsehood consume one another's wealth. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in his book that the money of riba, it doesn't increase with Allah ta'ala. And the money of zakat, the money of sadaqah, it increases with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is one of the reasons that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so often in his book, the sister act of worship that's mentioned with the prayer is what? The establishment of the prayer and the giving of zakat. The establishment of the prayer and the giving of the zakat. And it is a sign of nifaq. It is a sign of hypocrisy. The outward profession of faith, but the inward reality of kufr. That somebody would take their salat seriously and not take their zakat seriously. That people are ready to fight in this masjid. In this masjid, people are ready to fight about something about the salat. If the schedule is off, ready to fight. The imam does something people don't like, ready to fight. Someone makes noise in the back, everyone's ready to fight. But zakat, complete zoo. When I say it's a sign of nifaq, I'm not myself trying to be an orator who is making a career for himself through his rhetorical flourishes. Look at the history of the ummah. When the Messenger of Allah وسلم, passed from this world, what was the first fitna that came on the heads of the Muslims from the ummah? That a number of tribes, a number of tribes, not related to each other nor in conspiracy with one another, but separately, said what? We will keep praying, we will still be Muslims, we will come to Hajj, we will worship Allah, we accept the Prophet ﷺ as a Nabi, but we're not going to pay zakat. We're not going to pay zakat. We only used to pray that, we pay that when the Prophet ﷺ was alive. We're not going to pay zakat anymore. And what did Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu say? The one about who the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi said, if his iman was put in one scale pan and the iman of the rest of the ummah was put in another scale pan, his iman would overwhelm it. The one about whom the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi said, if the cover of the heavens was lifted, meaning you could see Jannah and you could see Jahannam and you could see all the ahwal of the hereafter, And you could see the day of judgment in the scale pans and the throne, all of these things from the unseen. If that happened, Abu Bakr's iman would increase not one bit, meaning he's already maxed out. He already believes in those things as if he can see it with his own eyes. He's already at the muqam of mushahada. That Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu, what was his reaction to this hypocrisy? What was it? He said, we'll fight them. Wallahi, we'll fight them even if the shirakun na'al, the, the strap 
that is used to tie the sandal, the thong on the sandal, like a shoelace. If they don't pay that or if they decrease even that amount, they pay the zakat but they decrease even that amount from what they used to give to the Messenger of Allah وسلم, we will fight them. Umar who said to Abu Bakr Siddiq in the Mashwara, how can you fight a people who say La ilaha illallah? Accepting the fact that this was wrong, how can you fight a people who say La ilaha illallah? Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu uncharacteristically chastised him in a very personal way. He put him in check. What did he say? He says, Ya Umar, Jabbarun fil jahiliyati wa khawarun fil Islam? Umar, are you, were you a tyrant in Jahiliyyah and now you've become a coward in Islam? Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab from his many fadail, from his many virtues, was that he didn't start to boast and fight back, talk back. Rather, he accepted this was the haq. He accepted that you know more than me in this matter, this is the haq. This is how important this thing is. But we don't think about it, we don't talk about it. To this day, it doesn't cease to amaze me how many people believe that the fact that they pay taxes to the federal government or the state government or the city government, that that suffices for them for their zakat because of some supposed nebulous uh, idea of it going to the poor or to other people. This neither is zakat nor was it ever zakat. It doesn't count for zakat. The person who doesn't know should know and the person who knows should tell the person who doesn't know. The fact that you pay taxes means nothing in the face of zakat. The law of zakat is something that has to be learned. It never ceases to amaze me how many people think that zakat is something that you pay in Ramadan. You can pay it in Ramadan. It's possible that you can pay it in Ramadan, but that's not the way zakat works. The way zakat works is what? Is that the excess that a person has from their wealth that they've held on to in excess of the uh, amount of nisab. The nisab is what? It's an amount in gold or in silver and then we make tiyas, we make analogy with that to uh, an amount in cash that a person held on to above and beyond their necessities of the year for an entire year that in cash it's paid 2.5%. There's another different rate that's levied on crops. There's a different rate that's levied on livestock. And it's not only on cash. Many of us run businesses. The urud, the goods that you keep in your warehouse, if you have a gas station, the, uh, you know, the, the products that you have inside of your gas station, if you run a clothing store, the clothing that you buy and sell. If you sell rings, the rings that you have, all of them, there is zakat that has to be paid on all of them. And the time you pay them is not necessarily Ramadan, it's the time that one year has passed with those things in your possession. The point of this, the point of this khutbah is not necessarily to go over the fiqh of zakat, it's a long discussion, we don't have time for it. The idea that a person can learn everything about Islam that they need to from a khutbah, or from coming to Jum'ah is patently ridiculous. We are obliged to learn all those things that we are obliged to do. If you're obliged to pray, you're obliged to learn how to pray. If you're obliged to pay zakat, you're obliged to learn how to pay zakat. 
Not just make it up on your own or ask Sheikh Google, because Sheikh Google will lead you to all sorts of frivolity and nonsense. If you're married, you're obliged to know what the fiqh of marriage is. You can't just say after it, oh, Sheikh, you know, I divorced my wife three times, does it count? This is not something that's uh, hypothetical. These are things literally, this particular case, if I hadn't heard it in this very masjid like more than five times in my short tenure here, I wouldn't have mentioned it. We're obliged to learn these things. And one more thing that's very important to remember about zakat is that zakat only goes to individuals. Zakat does not go to institutions. Zakat does not go to institutions. Zakat going to institutions is not only invalid, but it's a type of zulm. It's a type of oppression. Allah Ta'ala says in His book, He says, Innama harfu hasm, meaning what? That the statement about after this particle is true to the exclusion of other possibilities. Innama sadaqatu, the money of zakat, the money of sadaqah here is used in its specific meaning, meaning zakat. That indeed, the money of zakat can only go to who? The fuqara and the masakin. The faqir is the person who doesn't have enough money to get through his year. And the miskin is the person who doesn't have enough money to get through his day. There are different levels of poverty. And the official zakat collector who collects on behalf of this sovereign Muslim state. That a portion of the, 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 the collection can go to that person in order to run the system on its own. And those people who are suffering from difficulty because of their having nearly or newly accepted Islam or being near to accepting Islam. And uh, uh, to uh, uh, free prisoners and to free slaves. Muslims who are in slavery to free them. والغارمين, those people who have incurred lawful debts and they're drowning in debt in order to pay their debts off. And that ghazi, that ghazi, that mujahid in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that needs money for his armament or needs money for his survival. And that traveler who is stranded was stranded in, uh, uh, in their travel and unable to get home. Faridatan min Allah. It is a, an obligation from Allah. And this is one of the reasons also that it's not just for general sadaqah, but it's particular, this, uh, it's known that this ayah is talking about zakat because Allah Ta'ala says, Faridatan min Allah, and it's known that the only fard, the only fard charity is what? Is zakat. Wallahu alimun hakim. And Allah is all knowing, and Allah Ta'ala is all wise. That all of these eight categories are all individuals. None of them are institutions. We don't pay for electricity bills through zakat. Zakat is what? Is a way that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, on the command of Allah Ta'ala instructed us to take those poor who are oppressed, those poor on whose backs the wealthy make their wealth, and even the middle class make their living that the money should be returned to them that was taken from them in oppression. That the rights that were taken from them in oppression, that if I appear in front of a judge in a court and I'm a billionaire, and if I appear in front of a judge in a court and I barely have uh, uh, clean clothes on my back, 
the fact that there's going to be two different standards of justice, this is returned to those categories of poor, to individuals, cannot go to institutions. It cannot go to institutions. And for this reason, and the word zakat means what? It means purification. And in the hadith, there's a hadith of Sahih Bukhari in which said, Ali some of the young men of Banu Hashim come to him and ask him that can we get a job as zakat collectors? Why? Because it's a job that they'll get paid. He says to them, he says, look, if you guys want to do some work, do some other work other than this. Because the zakat money is what? It's the part of the money which is impure. It's the part of the money that's taken through zulm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala returns it to the person who it's taken from through this system of zakat. And I heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu he said that we, Banu Hashim, the family of the Prophet sallallahu this money is not correct for us to use. It's not correct for us to use. So can you imagine how it should be that that money should be spent on the masjid? Can you imagine how it should be that that money should be spent on institutions? The reason it's not unworthy for going to the poor, because it's the money of zulm, it's the awsakh. It's the dirty part of money that's taken for zulm. The only place it can go is back to where it was taken from, which is from the poor. Any institution who tries to eat that money, all they're doing is wrongfully misappropriating the right of the poor. On the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his book warns, that it will be melted and branded in their foreheads and in their sides. They'll be tortured with that money. A person wouldn't like to be branded with even a penny, much less thousands of dollars for those people who don't pay their zakat or for those people who don't misappropriate or for those people who misappropriate their zakat. Brothers and sisters, these are serious issues. I would not bring these issues up if they are not actually happening all around us. We have to take these things seriously. Learn your zakat. You want to learn it from me? We'll talk about it. We'll have a class. You want to learn it from someone else? You follow so-and-so other shaykh? Learn it from the shaykh you follow from. But know that that zakat is not considered to be rendered until it is received in the hand of the poor deserving recipient. It cannot be used for institutions. And there are institutions, by the way, that, 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 that now they crow, they crow and say that we are zakat eligible. Some of them take the zakat money and distribute it to the individuals, that's fine. But any organization that is going to use it to pay the electricity bill to run their air conditioner in the summer and their heater in the winter, let that person know that the unanimous fatwa of the four madhabs of the Ahl Sunnah, Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Malik, Imam Shafi'i, Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal, the unanimous fatwa of the fuqaha and the madahib that they established and really any scholar of the law of any note, of fiqh of any note. Throughout the entire history of Islam has said it has to go to individuals or it has to be collected by the sovereign Muslim government and then given from them to poor individuals that are named particularly in this ayah and it cannot go to anything else. There have been those who have tried to misappropriate the money of zakat wrongfully and in sin and evil by saying what? Allah Ta'ala says you can spend it This is not how the tafsir of the Qur'an works. This is not how the tafsir of the Qur'an works. 
the companions of the Allah, all of them to a man, the Salaf, the Tabi'een, Taba Tabi'een, the Imams of Fiqh, all of them understood the word Fi Sabilillah to mean what? The Mujahid who is running short on his armaments or on his food or on his provision. This is a very normal thing, not just in Islam, even in uh, uh, Western law, to give quarter to a soldier in times of war, it's a very normal thing that you can pay zakat for quartering a soldier. Nobody took it in its general meaning. We do not have the right to make things up, otherwise you can make up all sorts of things in the, in, in the Qur'an. You say, well, this word, maybe it just means this, it means... No, they all understood it to mean one thing, and we understand it to mean what, it, what they understood it to mean. Think about that. Imagine, is paying for, uh, uh, you know, helping out a poor person, or helping out a person in debt, or, you know, bailing out a slave or a prisoner, or helping a traveler get home, are these things not fi sabilillah? All of them, in the general meaning of an act of piety, they're all acts of piety. What's the point of mentioning in this ayah all the other seven categories? It completely becomes ridiculous. The Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam says that a person, you know, even the luqma, even the morsel of food that he raises to the lips of his wife. MashaAllah. I mean, inshallah soon for those of us who are not married yet. What an elegant and beautiful picture. That even that considered a sadaqah, even that's considered to be a, an act of charity. What does this mean? You can take uh, your zakat money and take your wife out to Red Robins and buy her a burger? Buy her a shake? And to hell with the poor? To hell with the suffering and to hell with the hungry? Brothers and sisters, this is a severe misguidance. If we spend that money in our institutions, what do you think is going to happen? It's the money of dhulm. If it enters into the, the masjid or if it enters into our institutions, do you think it's going to have a good effect? The only way that that harm can be cancelled out is by letting it return to those people who have a right on it. And those people are mentioned explicitly, those eight categories are mentioned explicitly in this ayah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us so much tawfiq. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to build a community and afterward a society built on justice, uh, built on the allevi alleviation of suffering of our brothers and sisters who are going through difficulty, built on lifting people up so that if we succeed, we all succeed together in this world and in the hereafter. And if we have pain, that we all have pain together in this world and the hereafter, rather than the rich enjoying at the expense of the poor, eating the poor as if to mock them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum lisa'il muslimina fa astaghfiruhu innahu wal ghafoor ar-raheem.